We've teased it. We've talked about it. And now it's finally here. Do, 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 do. Mediavine University has just launched our very first class, What I Wish I Knew When I Started My Website About Growing Traffic. I'm your host of Mediavine On Air, Jenny Guy, and I'm ecstatic. Mediavine University has been an idea of mine for years, building a platform where we could teach content creators the ins and outs of the business, featuring experts from around the industry on all the topics that content creators truly care about has been my dream. Our growing traffic course is the first of many that does exactly that. This course is designed for content creators who are earlier in their website journey to learn everything from the building blocks of SEO to how to set up your site navigation, how to diversify your traffic to how to make database decisions. Each topic is led by a different different Mediavine experts, so you'll be guided by someone who's been there before and knows their stuff. In honor of our launch, I sat down with Mediavine's VP of support, Heather Tullos, who worked with me to conceive of growing traffic and is one of our course instructors. We had a blast talking about everything MVU, from the benefits of signing up to what you can expect from us in the future. Make sure to let us know what you think of today's episode by giving us a rating. And if you want to join the class at Mediavine University, head over to the website, which we'll link in the show notes. Now, let's get to the episode. You're listening to Media Vine On Air, the podcast about the business of content creation. From SEO to ads and social media to time management, if it's about helping content creators build sustainable businesses, we are talking about it here. I'm your On Air host, Media Vine's Jenny Guy. Hey, hello, howdy. Hi, long lost friends. It feels like it has been about 500 years since we last saw each other. How are you all? The last time that we were all together for an episode of Teal Talk, it was February and cold, and we were having a terrific conversation with two of the founders of Black People's Recipes as part of our Black History Month programming. Now, March and the whole of Women's History Month has passed us by, and it is already spring. The days are longer and all kinds of things are blooming from flowers to seasonal allergies. But I just wanted to first say thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to join us for another episode of Media Vines Teal Talk. I'm with you as always as your host, Jenny Guy. Our goal with all of the programming we put out at Media Vine is to provide education in service of our company mission statement, which if you don't know what that is, here it is, helping content creators build sustainable businesses. It sounds so noble. And it is noble. It's, we're very passionate about it around here. And I have to say that our topic today falls absolutely in line with our Mediavine mission. And it's really been a dream of mine for a whole lot of years. So I will try to keep um, any like squealing or pinching myself off camera um, so y'all don't have to, to watch. So that's right. If you missed any of the times in the last few days that we blasted it out over social media, we have officially launched Mediavine university where we teach content creators how to build sustainable businesses. Yes, we need um, an applause track. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Our first course of many is available for purchase right now. And the long title is what I wish I knew when I started my website about growing traffic. And while this one is designed for content creators earlier on in their blogging career, we have many courses coming up that will be perfect for wherever you are in your publishing journey. Our goal with this is to have, to be meeting people in different places, wherever they are, whether it's, you know, they're just getting started or they've been doing this for many years. 
In fact, part of the reason that we are here today is to ask you, our always incredible audience, what courses and instructors do you want to see on Mediavine University? So say hey, let us know in the comments. We are taking notes. My incredible team is writing it all down. So, so tell us, we wanna know as always, we always ask you guys, what do you wanna see? Uh, what are your next ideas? And that's what we're here for. So please put that in there. And now that I have been yapping away and a lot of yapping, it is past time to introduce my wonderful guest with me today is Heather Tellos, Mediavine's VP of Support. Heather is not only one of the feature and featured instructors in the Growing Traffic course, but she and I work together to plot the course out. So it truly would not be happening without her. So I, I want to welcome you, Heather, and thank you and the whole support team for all of your support. Uh, in uh, bringing Mediavine University to life. So thank you, they are, they support, they're good at supporting, that's what they do, so. Let's talk growing traffic, MBU, and whatever else comes to mind. Hi, Heather. Hi, I'm excited to be here. It's been a minute since we talked. Was it Halloween? It's been, it's been, it was, it was the last time we were costumed. Um, and we did set a precedent with that. So I don't know if, um, you know, maybe, maybe that's, that should be our thing to just always have costumes, I don't know. I feel like we we we're wearing spring costumes today. These are our costumes. Yes. We're costumes like we the weather is nice. Um, okay, if you have questions for myself or for Heather, drop them into the comments. I'm gonna do a quick bio from my friend Heather. She is the VP of Support at Mediavine. She authors the food blog Sugar Dish Me and is the keeper of all the dogs. She has been optimizing sites since before Mediavine had health checks and works best with 94 tabs open. I think that is a company standard at Mediavine University. Like if you don't have a lot of tabs open, what are you even doing with your life? Let's start with a, an easy one. What makes you so excited about Mediavine University? And I'm assuming that you're excited. Uh, yeah, I'm really. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I feel like this is a a thing that um, you've talked about, I've talked about, the support team has talked about um, in various iterations for as long as we've worked together. Um, so I'm super excited that it's finally launching. Yay. Um, shout out to the marketing team for getting that all put together. And a huge uh, high five to support team uh, for helping us to create all the content in the first course. I think the thing that makes me the most excited is that we put together like one place with a dedicated path for people that are looking to grow and expand or really just are at the very beginning of their journey into blogging um, as a business. Like over the years, I've spent so much time talking with people at conferences or retreats or over email or in the last couple of years, I know you and I have worked a lot of virtual events together. A lot of times I feel like I'm just rattling off like a thousand overwhelming things. Um, and we've never really had one solid place to point to for resources or answers or information. Um, Jenny, you and your team have always done such a really amazing job of putting together free resources for just about everything Mediavine. But there's never been a place that was to point people to if they maybe haven't been with us for the whole journey or, you know, they're not already a Mediavine publisher or they just need a more organized format. Um, so I think this is going to be a game changer. Absolutely. I was actually thinking about that the other day, how, um, we're asking our, our audience here to tell us what things they want to learn about from us. But we spend, I mean, our whole job is, is, is bloggers. That's what we do every day. That's what we've done for years. And, and we spent, you know, whether it's virtually or all the emails that the support department has, or now that we're finally starting to get back out in conference, the people that come up and ask questions, we've just had so many people just ask 
what do I do? How do I, how does this? And now we have the ability to put things together in a, the blog has a, is a great resource, but this is actually like, it's a guided tour. It's a way to go through step-by-step. Yeah. Step well, because on the blog, you have to know what to search. You have to, you know, you have to know which button to push. You have to know like exactly the thing that you're looking for, unless I send right. you the articles in the right order. You don't have action items from a blog post, right? You don't have, you don't have a takeaway or a worksheet or a, a dedicated way to track what you're doing and how you're changing things. Every one of the things that we are teaching at Mediavine University, it was really important, just like we do here on Teal Talk, is we want action items when we end. Like the, that's what are your key takeaways? What do you want to walk away and do immediately? Let me let me step back and say for those who are wondering now um, how to get involved with Mediavine University, how to access it, and some of the other details, I'm going to say that really quickly. Here goes. First, we're going to drop the link to join us in the comments, and it will also be on the resource guide that we share at the end of the episode. So Mediavine University, um, someone said, thank you for doing this. Love your hair. I'm going to assume that that's Heather's because her hair looks amazing right now. So yes, we're going to, but, but I will also say thank you. I think Jenny's hair also looks fab. Mediavine University runs on a platform called Mighty. And it is where all of our courses will live as we as we put them out. And it's also where um, one of the aspects why we chose Mighty is the Mediavine community will Mediavine University community will live. And it's where you can crowdsource, interact, talk with other people at different phases in their um, community. So the first step before, and you don't have to, it's absolutely free, is to just to create an account. And so go to Mighty, create an account put your picture in there, tell us why you're there, tell us how long you've been blogging, interact, say hi, and that's your first step. And then you can explore what courses we have available. Right now, it's just the one, and it is what I wish I knew when I started my website about growing traffic. And it is $85, and it's really designed for content creators who are at the beginning of, of their journey. And I wanted to ask Heather this, why did we decide to start with this course? There were a few reasons. Um, you know, like I said before, I, you know, I wanted, I wanted to have a, a place to point the people to the people that I talk to that have a beautiful beginning, um, but maybe have uh, a ways to go or people that are working towards, you know, building their blog as a, as a business, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out like how to get to that level where I can actually have a paycheck and growing traffic is, it's really like one of the very first obstacles that you face as a blogger. So like, where do you find an audience who is going to read your content besides your mom or my mom? Um, <laughs> like, how do you grow the thing that you just built? Um, and so we really just wanted to address that part first. Yes. And I, I want to be, we will have some courses that are on Mediavine University that are for our publishers, for sure. And some that are more for people who aren't yet our publishers who, and, and this one specifically is for people who want to be our publishers and aren't, aren't there yet with traffic. So if you have a friend out there that's wanting to get started, that's been asking, they're not sure what to do. This is a great place to send them. Um, so Heather, will you, um, Tell us what different topics we cover in the Growing Traffic course. We cover a lot of topics in the Growing a Traffic lot. Um, I will say um, the Growing Traffic course is great if you're not our publisher yet, but I think it would also be great for somebody like me that has not actually launched a website in a hot minute. You know, I started blogging in 2011, so if I started all over again, I feel like I know... I know all the right pieces for content creation, but the way that I got my audience and, you know, when I saw the biggest growth 
is a little different than I would find my audience now. You know, the industry has really changed um, since I, I saw my traffic, you know, kind of boom. So my approach would be different. So if if it's if you're starting a new website and um, you you feel like you don't remember how you found readers, then this also might be good for you. Um, <laughs> uh, so the topics that we cover are things like diversifying traffic sources, making sure that mobile is first, SEO building blocks. Um, that's super important. We all know that. Um, site navigation is a big deal. And then user experience and the metrics behind it, making database decisions and site speed. So that's a pretty broad, like there's a lot of things there. Um, and I wanted to say, I think that even if if you've hit a wall, I think it could be a good resource for you. Like if you feel like you've, you're doing the things and you're getting frustrated, this could be a great resource for you to say, you know, I'm just not sure. And there are some great tidbits with each one of the modules to say, oh man, I might not be doing that exactly the way. Yeah. And it's different. I mean, the blogging industry for as young as the blogging industry is, how many times has it changed like seismically since you've been doing it? Right. Right. I mean, we always are having to shift and, and change and adjust. And I, I also think like, to that point, sorry. Remember when I said I have all the dogs? They're they're barking right now. You do have all. Uh, no, they have feelings. They have a babysitter, but he's not on task. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but to that point, I, I think that you know, if you are sort of feeling stuck or you do feel stagnant, it can be really good to review um, your approach to things. It, it can feel really good to review your approach to things like through someone else's, you know, their format. I know that if if you send me an email and you ask me for me to figure out what's wrong with your website, it's really, really easy for me because I'm looking at it with fresh eyes, right? If I look at my own website, it's a little bit harder. So having a, a path to follow really makes a difference. Yeah. And I think that, um, yeah, you were saying that actually before we started, which I thought was such a, um, a, a profound thing was that we go blind to our own websites. Um, we just don't see the things we're missing. And that that makes it really hard to self-diagnose. It's it's part of the reason why it's so good to have a blogging like network, a group of, of your mastermind or whatever. So people can actually say, you can say, this is what I'm trying to do. And they can say, well, this is what is, is happening. You know, so it's different. It's hard. Mm -hmm. So one of the ways I know that... Um, and I'm going to go off scripts a little bit, like I always do. We, we, one of the biggest ways that people say to grow traffic, or at least in the past was a way to grow traffic, particularly for a lifestyle blog was Pinterest. And I don't know that I want to like dive into those <laughs> controversy laden waters, but Pinterest has not been as great a performer for a lot of our, um, a lot of the a lot of the people we hear, they say it's not performing the way it used to. Right. So in terms of, so why is it so important to diversify your traffic sources? Yeah. So Pinterest specifically, I know that every time this pops up in the Facebook group, which hello, all my Facebook friends, um, I'm your, your moderator. Um, <laughs> um, so this conversation, I feel like it comes up a lot, especially recently and people are trying to figure out, you know, what in the world is going on with Pinterest? What are we doing here? And there will always be a few people that are just finding a lot of success with it. I don't know if it is because they've just been at it for a long time because their content really is like very Pinterest friendly content, you know, I think it kind of varies, but for most people, I think, you know, we feel like we're spinning our wheels. And I know for me, 
Pinterest stopped being fun like a really long time ago. I just did not, I, I enjoyed it as a user and then I didn't enjoy it as a user, right? And and so it was really hard for me to make myself want to do that. Um, so I really shifted focus to you know SEO where I felt like I had more control and I do enjoy creating content. It's the thing I like. Google at least gives you a roadmap to follow, <laughs> unlike unlike other social network platforms. So having diverse traffic sources is really important um, because it, it lets you pull readers from various places. You, you don't have all your eggs in one basket, right? You, you want to kind of spread it around a little bit. But I think it also gives you the opportunity to be creative um, because the way that you approach something that is really hidden on Facebook is really different than the way you approach something that is, um, you know, content you created for Instagram or an extension of something you did for TikTok or, you know, all the different ways that you get people to your website give you the opportunity to approach your content and be a little creative in a different way. I, I want We're going to talk a little bit more about that when we get to the module that you taught. I wanted to also, yep, yeah, we've got a question um, for our fellow content creators out there. I want to know how long you have been blogging. Um, and I know that people celebrate different anniversaries. It's kind of like when people talk about... <laughs> How long they've been together as a couple? Was it your first date? Was it when you said you're a boyfriend and girlfriend? So how was it when you decided to do it as a career? So let us know in the comments how long you've been publishing. Also, and this is something that a lot of people might not know. I've heard it said, but I would love to hear you explain it. I have heard that traffic from different sources doesn't monetize in the same way. Can you explain that? Yes. Um, I, yeah, I think that's a really it's important to know if you didn't know it, let that be the thing you take away. Holy cow, 18 years. Um, That's a long <laughs> freaking time. Your blog can be sent to the army. That's how old your blog. So. Sorry, that just totally distracted me. That's amazing. High five. I can't see who you are. Long time. High five. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, different traffic monetizes uh, at different rates. It's advertisers just spend money on different traffic sources. But I think it also has to do with the way readers engage for those traffic sources. Or sometimes like um, when you come in from social media, sometimes you're you're still like in an iframe. So it's harder for advertisers to know who they're reaching because you're operating inside like the, you know, when you click through from Pinterest and you feel like you're, you've landed on the blog, but you're still like in a little Pinterest bubble. Right. So it's, it's harder ah. for advertisers to understand uh, who your readers are and if they're spending correctly versus, you know, search traffic. Search traffic monetizes really well because it is much easier for advertisers to know who they're marketing to and and also what your reader is looking for. Um, it's it's uh, there's more more information for them to go on. They're not totally flying blind. Um, email and direct, direct traffic also monetizes really, really well. Uh, if you have dipped your toes into the web stories uh, pool, if you've ever had a web story take off and be really successful, and then you've actually managed to get that traffic like to your website, not just to the web story, it usually monetizes. Yeah, high five if you manage to do that. It is awesome. But it also that tra that traffic spike will monetize really well because it is it's direct traffic, and it is also uh, not not uh, Safari traffic, right? So it's it's Android traffic which monetizes at a higher rate because Safari traffic is is already all the privacy things. 
all the privacy things, yeah. right? So <laughs> uh, the other thing is they behave differently, right? The, the 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 traffic from the different places tends to behave differently. Like not always, not always, you know, it's not absolute, but. Right, when you think uh, about how you, uh, so put yourself in the shoes of a user on Pinterest, right? Like if you're on Pinterest and you're pinning because you still actually enjoy it, um, and you're, you know, maybe saving ideas for a party you're planning or saving recipes for dinner ideas or, you know, whatever else people do on Pinterest. Your goal is to stay on Pinterest. It's not really to leave that platform and go to a website. So you might click through the pin and verify the link, but then you probably just go back to where you started. You know, if you're looking at a recipe, you might scroll down, you might read the ingredients and be sure you have them on hand. Then you're going to go back to Pinterest and, and keep looking. So most of the time people do not leave Pinterest and stay on your website. It's the same thing with Facebook. Like think about the last time you opened an article on Facebook. Like, did you read the article and then think, wow, I'm on a really amazing, engaging website. I want to stay here for an hour and read all the things. No, you just go back to Facebook and mindlessly scroll some more. So <laughs> I have to see if those people are really breaking up. Hold on. Can I you know, right. The person you went to high school with like, yeah. <laughs> So the way that advertisers spend is really relative to how, uh, you know, how that reader is, is uh, using the site, you know, what the behavior is like. Okay. That was very helpful. So I'm actually going to go through um, each of the little, the little modules here. And because some of them, when we, 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 so we put this together, we put together the modules sitting in front of a fireplace in Phoenix, um, outside of Phoenix. And we were sitting there typing in front of our, um, in front of this fire. And we decided that one of the things we had to talk about was mobile. Mm -hmm. How does that relate to traffic at all? I feel like we say this a lot, so I don't feel like it's going to be like a revelation right now, but if it is, then I'm glad you're here and I'm glad you're listening. Um, <laughs> please take this with you. Um, mobile is, is where your readers are. Mobile traffic is important. Looking at your site on mobile is always the, it should be the first thing you do, not the last thing you do. We look at our sites on desktop all day. We really experience our most recent content. We experience our homepage. We're the site owners. Like, you know, all where, where all your stuff is. And you also are not looking at things you created three years ago. You probably don't need to, you know, um, most of the time your readers are not experiencing your site that way at all. They're on a tiny device. They are hitting your homepage as a second uh, page view, not a first page view. So they're finding you on your content first. And it's probably not your most recent content unless you're like a really masterful marketer. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's probably content that's been flying around and, and being shared for a while. And so, you know, it is, uh, it is really, really important to focus all upon well, all of your energy, but the majority of your energy on creating a really excellent mobile experience for your readers. Yep. And that is also a reason why we threw in the last module in the course, which doesn't necessarily seem like a great connection, which is site speed. Why is site speed? And I'm asking, I think people know, but I do think it's helpful to hear it because we do spend all day looking at our desktops. And mm -hmm. I think that it's easy to get trapped and forget that it, your content looks different on a phone and mm -hmm. that's where your readers are. Yes. So yeah. site speed, why? How does that connect to traffic? I mean, the title of the course is what I wish I knew, right? So what I wish I knew at the beginning, yes. like if I could go all the way back to the beginning and not have had to fix all the things that I broke <laughs> while I was learning along the yes. way, 
Site speed would be one of the things I would put at the top of my list of stuff that I wish I'd done correctly. Um, because for anybody that's had to fix it, it's a pain in the ass. And, um, you know, it is, it feels technical and it feels unapproachable. So if you just, you know, had a few tips and tricks about like not putting, uh, Instagram widget that's loading, you know, a whole bunch of unoptimized images with every post that nobody's ever seeing in your footer. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I wish I had known those things sooner. Um, they do really impact user experience. And so they really impact your traffic. Um, yes. Every time someone says, why is site speed important? I, it's the same thing that you always say, like with mobile, it's like, think about it as a reader. When you're clicking on a search result in Google, how long do you wait for a site to load before you click the back button? It's not long. Like, that's just the truth. You, there's, well, not, there's another bajillion results. I'll just go back. Right. Well, you know, the site speed is important. Your reader does not know what they're waiting on to load. So if you have something really cool, but really slow, that is not lazy loaded, that's at the bottom of your page, they don't know what's holding up the program. They also don't care, right? There are a bajillion other search results. They will find another option. The other thing that I think for me really impacts um, mobile experience as a user is when somebody wants me to opt in to email before I can even see the content. Like before I can even read the first sentence, you've got a thing that covers the whole screen on mobile. It frustrates me. Um, as a user, is that an automatic back button? Cause I'll do yeah, it. I'll be like, I, I, I bounce right out of there. Um, so, you know, if you're, if you're checking your analytics and you realize that your bounce rates look a little, a little high or your, um, session duration is looking a little low. Um, I would check your opt-ins cause opt-ins are another thing that are often like cash for you as a user. So you don't, you forget they're there unless you visit from an incognito window, you know, cause you're not, you're not. Uh, what it translate. Okay. Um, <laughs> so if you don't visit your site uh, from a private or incognito window, you won't be served. Uh, you know, like most of the time opt-ins have like a, like a 30 day cookie or, you know, like they, you won't be served that, that opt-in once you've got it all set up um, at least not for a while. So you can kind of forget what the experience is like. It's like you set it up, you check it, you think, okay, that looks good. It works. And if you're not served that thing again, you never see it on your own site, um, you kind of forget it's there. So visiting your site from a private window on your phone is ideal. Um, a lot of times uh, in support, we will take screenshots of things. We're like, well, this happened. And they'll go, oh, I forgot that was there. I, for I forgot. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing that we talk about a lot, and um, actually, Nicole Johnson teaches our module on mobile first. and she has some great tips in there for what to look for, but but one thing that we'll say is is that when you're do when you're visiting your site on mobile from that incognito window, make sure that you can x out of everything that you might have that's an opt-in popping up. Like you have to. If it's not if it's not easy to get out of, people will just leave. You right. would trying to figure out how to exit. You think like, how do I get out of here? And most of the time you experience that when you click through sites from social media. Um, but again, like that's a, another good tip is to use your site, like go to your Facebook. If you, if you are generating Facebook traffic, go to your business Facebook page, click through the posts that you are sharing on your phone 
and see what that experience is like for your readers. You know, is it slow? Is it weird? Is it buggy? Does the font look funny? Did you, you know, forget that you implemented something that slides in from the side that you're like, wow, that wasn't cute. Um. <laughs> I was having some wine the other night and I said, yes. And then this thing's not, yeah, you don't know. You never know. Um, the other thing, uh, you 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 definitely like make sure that you can cross out of anything. And if you're looking for, um, we're going to do a little a plug here. But if you're looking for an opt-in solution that isn't a pop-up, we have an incredible thing. If you're a Mediavine publisher and you aren't running Grow or you are running Grow, you should be. But there's something called Spotlight Subscribe, which doesn't require readers to X out of it and gets a very similar effect with uh, opt-in rates. So check that out if you haven't already. It is it. I can say with absolute certainty that it will help your opt-in rates. We have it, we're running it on the media on corporate site and it's magic. So it also doesn't cost you. I have paid for various other um, email opt-in solutions. And it's not like, it's not going to be the same rate of return as uh, said pop-up that is like in your face covering things, right? Like, I guess that may convert some readers, but it is definitely better for the people that will just back right out of it. Um, so. Yeah. <laughs> it may convert. It also may piss off. So start with, Start with uh, try, try some spotlight, subscribe, you know? Um, okay. The other thing I was going to talk about, so we have a couple of different courses or modules in here that are about SEO and site navigation. Yes. Can you give us a, um, obviously SEO, is everyone talks about SEO. SEO is related yeah. to everything. It's, yeah. yes. Yeah. So why was it important? We did basically a little, just some, some built like building blocks in this course. Um, I, I mean, again, going back to the beginning of what I wish I knew, um, I, I think early on when I started blogging, I would hit keyword keywords and I, I had no idea that was what I was doing. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't really understand it. I was just like, Oh, cool. People are reading this, you know, content that, that I created. I didn't really, didn't really realize why or how they were coming to me. And I really wish I had understood that sooner and better because I, I could have grown faster, which is the point of this course. Um, so, you know, yeah. um, I, I think it is a really nice beginning understanding of, you know, how to correctly structure your content, um, how to sort of write for SEO without losing your own personal voice. But, you know, um, I think we were talking about before we hopped on here, you know, my, my sister has a site and, uh, you know, she, it's, it's a hobby for her, you know, she dabbles, but eventually she might want it to be more. And she doesn't know to, you know, hyperlink, uh, the, like the keyword text and, and link to herself. She doesn't know how to correctly use, you know, H1, H2, H3. Um, so those are all things that people that are just sort of learning to navigate a blog, they got to put it somewhere. Everybody needs to learn. I think that sometimes actually, and this is another story about Nicole, who's one of our instructors. She mm -hmm. blogged for a long time and she actively ignored SEO because, because it was so freaking overwhelming and there's so mm -hmm. many courses and so much stuff on it. And mm -hmm. so all the marketers are talking about it with all the acronyms. And it just feels like it's so much that I'll deal with that at another time. Right. Right. And it, uh, I think it's, it's definitely a thing that people make feel unapproachable. Um, and I think one of my biggest takeaways from 
just um, working with Mediavine as a publisher, um, but also working for Mediavine, um, is like SEO is not, it's not a complicated order. It's really, it's not, you know, it's, it's best practices and, you know, um, putting those into place and doing them over and over and over again and creating content and just doing more of that, but also creating good content, right? Um, so when I think about those times of growth with my own personal website, the times that I have seen the most growth were when I was checking off all those boxes. I was really publishing very regularly, you know, five times a week. I was really doing my best to connect with my readers in my writing. And I was also managing to, you know, hit the little SEO check boxes and it, it pays off. It does pay off and it's a long game and it's, but, mm -hmm. but really the vast majority of SEO best practices are rooted in, in Google best practices that are to make a better experience for your readers and to give them what they want. Right. It's, it, I mean, it's, it's not a like a button, a magic button that you can push. Like that's not it. Yeah. And it's, it's really a, it's a format that lends itself to answering questions, right? So it's, it's kind of, it helps, it helps me create content. Um, you know, when you, when you sit down in front of your computer and you think, okay, um, you know, for me, I'm like, okay, I made this cake. Like, what do you want to know about this cake? It was good. I liked it. I like cake. You know, it's <laughs> like, what else do you want me to say? Um, okay. Google helps you to answer questions. You're like, oh yeah, I do know more about this cake than I'm, than just that I like to eat cake, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It sets it up in a way that's easy. It's easy. It's easy for your readers to get through, to find the things that they want and that they need. And you're answering the questions in advance before they ask them, what if I want to make this delicious cake gluten-free? What if I don't drink alcohol? What happens if I overbeat? Like, why do I need to use this kind of butter? Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. Yeah. And if I think about all the things that I had to go back and band-aid after learning how to do things correctly, and then I was like, oh, cool. I have like two and a half years worth of content that I need to fix. And I see people talking about fixing their content all the time in the Facebook group. People are always like, well, Applebee's posts that I made and they're, they're stupid now. And I, I don't know how to fix them. <laughs> you know, so yeah. that was really that was really what we were thinking when we put the SEO course into this, you know, what I wish I knew in the context of growing traffic. Like obviously SEO is a really excellent way to grow traffic, but also obviously like if you just do it right from the beginning, you'll make your life way easier. <laughs> yeah. It's a really, it's the foundation. Like it's your firm foundation on how to grow, how to have a good place to grow from when you go forward. Um, and we have an SEO course, the navigation course is taught by Mediavine CEO Eric Hoffberger. And the SEO building blocks is taught by Mediavine co-founder Amber Bracegirl. So some really great um, content in there. We have a comment that I wanted to share, which is my subscriptions for email quadrupled when I first turned on Spotlight Subscribe. And I love how you can see which posts they were on when they did subscribe. That is amazing. Facebook, I, I can't see your name. I think you're coming from the group, but um, if you want to tell us what that taught you, what you learned, that would be incredible. And I actually have a question for our audience, um, which is what has moved the needle for you in terms of growing traffic? What has actually done it? What was the thing? How did you reach the media buying threshold or how did you push yourself up over to that next uh, over, over 100,000 or whatever it was, whatever milestone it was, what made the difference for you? What did you invest in that paid off? Uh, what I wanted to say was the long title of this course is what I wish I knew when I started my website. And Heather has been saying that, that we I, we hear that all the time because we have 
quite a few bloggers on staff at MediaVine. In fact, the co-founders were content creators. So all of that has kind of come through, which is a, a lot of people in a lot of rooms in a lot of places across the country in the last however many years saying, wish I'd known that when I first started my website. <laughs> I wish I'd done that, which is why we started the, the course with that title, which is why I thought of it, which was like, this is the stuff that we wish we could have go back in time and do. Yes. And our goal is to try to help everyone out there be able to do it sooner than us. Okay, the other two, so we've covered um, why it's important to diversify your traffic and mobile first. We did a little SEO, site speed. The last two, one of them is your module that you teach in the course, and the other one is Christina, who is um, one of our premier account reps. So it's all about metrics and data. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of that happening uh, in this course. And you are the unofficial data queen here at Mediavine. So why is... Why do you love data so much? And I hear you say it a zillion times, use your data to make your decisions for your business. So why yeah. is that so important? Unofficial, unofficial data uh, queen is for sure. Christina is really, really, really good at um, like nominated most likely to make a spreadsheet and solve your problems with it. Um, <laughs> she's very good at data. I think I'm good at uh, translating it into easy action items, right? It's, um, I think if, if you were running a brick and mortar business, you would not guess about what inventory you needed on your shelves. You would not guess about what store hours you needed to be open. You would know, you would know the answers to those questions. Um, and I think we should approach our digital businesses the same way. I think we should, you know, Google analytics will tell you a whole lot and I think um, when Nicole and I used to uh, do lunch and learns, which uh, hopefully one day we, we will manage to get back to those because they were super fun. Um, but I, one of the questions that we would ask people was like, who opens your, your Google analytics and you, you know, look at your traffic, you know, you look at sessions or page views or whatever number makes you happy. And you might like bop over and look at real time analytics. And then you're like, okay, cool. All right. Which is fun. Like, we're not going to deny it. it is very fun to be like, there are 75 people on my site right now. This is so exciting. And you want to say hi to all of them. Totally understandable. Right. And, and so, you know, you're like, okay, well, I guess I'm doing good. Um, but I think it, Google analytics is a really insanely powerful tool. It will do a million zillion things. You can set it up in a hundred ways. Um, but even if you've just got like the basic standard implementation, I think it'd be really hard to be like, okay, here's a bunch of information. I don't know where to look. I don't know what to do with it. But I really think like that is the information that tells you what you need to know. It helps you not guess. Like we should not be guessing. Um, I think like you don't have to guess at making good decisions for your websites or for your readers. The numbers are always going to point you in the right direction. Um, you just have to figure out where to look. Um, and I, I kind of see this uh, again, like in our Facebook group, people will just be ruminating like my, my traffic dropped. Is anybody else seeing their traffic drop? Like the analytics will tell you why your traffic dropped. Like crowdsourcing is not going to answer your question because your traffic is different than my traffic is different than her traffic. You know, if you just figure out how to poke around in your analytics details and you notice like, oh, well, it was my search traffic that went down and it was, you know, this post that was different. And then you can use a keyword tool and see like, oh, well, I'm, you know, somebody else is beating me now. And then you can just look at who's beating you and figure out why, 
you know, what are they doing differently? And so I think it's really important to figure out like how to extract the information and then also apply it. So you can't fix it if you don't know what's wrong. Let's say that your traffic goes down and mm -hmm. it's not just a day. It's for like, let's say you're seeing it over the course of a week or two, because it is important that whatever it is, if your traffic drops real quick and then bounces back up, like there's different things happening. Yeah, there. So what do you do? What do you do if, if I see my traffic start dropping? So the first thing I would do if I noticed that my traffic was dropping, I would compare year over year. Um, it's really important. Like look at the same time frame last year. So look at this week. Um, I think there are a few tutorials. I think um, one of the managers on the support team entered them into an actual help article for me. Um, but it was definitely a post in our Facebook group where I sort of laid this out. Um, if you're in the group, you can search it, but you want to look at whether or not there's a holiday. Are we, you know, do you normally have a spike on Sunday and then a dip on Monday? That's one that we see a lot. It's pretty common. Um, a lot of times people will be looking day over day and that can help, but it really depends on what you're looking at. Most of the time you need to be looking at a bigger time frame. So if you feel like your traffic is down, you, you see that graph kind of dropping, compare it to the same week last year. Um, another tip that I have is to make sure that you're laying the same days of the week. So you want to be comparing like Sunday to Sunday, Monday to Monday, which means that year over year, you have to kind of shift the dates a little bit. You know, it, you'll see an increase in traffic as well as an advertiser spend um, when there's a holiday, and then there will be a drop off after that. Um, so I think just troubleshooting those little details can always get you pointed in the right direction. And then you can flip to um, the acquisition um, section of your analytics and you can see, okay, well, what's the, what's the difference in sources here? It, it'll tell you, you know, where you're down. Are you down across the board? Is there something going on in the world? I know like in 2020, we also like crazy increases in traffic. So in 2021 traffic was down, but for a lot of people, it was just like, returning to a little more normal wasn't really down. It was just that like people are doing more than break baking bread, you know? And so <laughs> um, um, just go step by step, you know, compare week over week, compare month over month, compare year over year, line up the dates, line up the days of the week, make notes about the differences, you know, Google analytics will tell you if it's a post that is different and, and then you can see what to fix. Um, you know, you might just, after you look at all those details, you might just notice, well, this post was, you know, it was performing really well for me and it was all Pinterest traffic and Pinterest is not doing great right now. So what can I do to maybe corner this with search traffic? Like how could I optimize this post, um, to get readers in a different way? Yes. And appreciate the caveat that you shared. And, and just to caution again, we all know that absolutely nothing has been normal for the last two two years at this point. So when you're going into your analytics and trying to set a baseline, we haven't had, it's hard to have a baseline when literally like everything is just completely upside down to establish the baseline with that caveat. Um, yes. Fantastic. Uh, we actually had a great comment from our friend who had quadrupled their email signups from Spotlight subscribe. I just wanted to say, they say, seeing which post readers subscribe from shows where I get the most engagement and loyal followers. And then I create more of that type of content. Yes. Snaps. <laughs> I figured you'd probably snap on that one. That that's one of Heather's favorite things to do is to see where it is. And you and you break down in your course module because I will be the Google Analytics is very overwhelming. 
Yeah, you go in there and there is so much. You don't know how to, I don't know, but you go in and very much isolate like how to do more than just look at how your active users on your site and your page views, but how not also just to go into a rabbit hole of like, I could spend six years learning how to use Google Analytics and still not know it all. Right. Well, because it's, you know, if you, if you're looking to grow your traffic, you need to know what your readers like and where those readers are coming from and then how to create more of it. So just like, um, you know, this person, um, is looking at where they're getting the most subscribers and then they're creating more of that kind of content. You can look at where are you getting the most, you know, if you're, if your goal is to increase your search traffic, what kind of content are you getting Google traffic from? And can you create more of that kind of content or adjacent content? You know, you can dig into keyword research. If you've got, you know, said cake that's performing really well on Pinterest and, you know, it's really nailing it for Pinterest. Is it the format of the pin that's sending you the content? Is it just like a really Pinterest friendly recipe? You can try to duplicate it. Gives you very, uh, yeah, it says, and yeah, you can start to figure out why. I mean, sometimes something will go viral, but when you have something great that's performing really well, try to figure out why it is and how you can do more of it. Yeah. It works. And the data will help you do that objectively. Like you don't have to just be like, oh, I don't know. I guess it was a good cake. Right. <laughs> Which it could have been really good cake. We've talked a lot about cake and now I want cake. So that that's happening. Um, okay. But sticking to, to the, the task at hand, your lesson in traffic beyond just in, in growing traffic, beyond just data is about user experience. Can yes. you tell us how user experience and working to optimize that is so important from your traffic, particularly when you're just starting out or looking to make moves to turning your uh, website into a business? Yes. So um, obviously creating a great user experience is really important, but especially when you're trying to make a great first impression. Um, so when you're building your traffic, that is, you know, first impression territory. Like, it, uh, you know, it also translates really well. Um, you know, if you look at the percentage of new versus returning users, I think for most of us, like the majority of our readers are new users. And so you want to make sure that the first time they visit your website, that experience is good. So we get a lot of emails and I, I see a lot of discussion where people are talking about user experience and, um, you know, obviously we want readers to keep coming back. Um, but most of the time, this conversation sort of gravitate towards like what we think or what we feel or, you know, um, our own personal experience, which is, uh, I can't emphasize it enough. The way that you use your website is not the way that your readers use your website. It just is not using the data to kind of navigate that user experience and, and figure it out is, is really important. It, it gives you the answers. Like you don't, you don't have to guess. Because like you said, just because you don't like something doesn't mean your readers don't. Right. It's totally subjective, right? Like what, what is good user experience? You know, like I think you need to, um, and I think Christina talks about this in, in her course, which is just like, what are your goals? Your goals and my goals are probably not the same. So if your goals are, you know, to have X amount of traffic and make X amount of money and you don't feel like working with brands, so display ads are the ticket for you, then your goals might look different than somebody else that really likes to do brand work. And so they might, you know, like traffic is still a goal, but they might go lighter with advertising placements if they're in that space or, you know, it's like you just have to decide what is, what is your goal with your website and, and and then you can use that to kind of um, let the information guide you and formulate 
you know, what is a good user experience? Where are people leaving? So if you notice the session duration on a post is really low, you might notice that, you know, it's, it's not that big a deal because it's all Pinterest traffic and it's going to be kind of bouncy anyway. But also, you know, you might notice it's search traffic and, and the session duration is kind of low. And are you, are you losing people? Like, could you be doing something to pull them in? Right. So the information gives you the answers. All right. So we are almost out of time, but I kind of wanted to spend our last, our last little bit of, of time together doing a bit of a preview on what we might have coming up for Mediavine University. And I know that you both as our VP of support and a longtime blogger yourself, I am guessing you have some pretty terrific thoughts on um, what, what we, what type of courses we can create. And um, so I would love to hear what your thoughts are. Um, we have some really good courses coming up. Um, there are going to be, um, some courses that are specific to, uh, revenue and RPM. Um, so I think that will be a really good one. And there will be some courses about grow. What am I, what am I missing? What else did we talk about? You're doing great. Yeah, absolutely. We have, we have a course coming up that is, that is super specific to, um, earning through display advertising, which we know some things about. And the person that is going to be teaching that course is our CEO, Eric Harfurger. So we'll have that one coming out. It's a perfect course for media buying publishers. The sky's the limit. So please let us know what you would like to hear about. We are open well, for any of the comments down there. Yeah. Tell us, tell us, tell us where you're struggling, what you're, what you would like to learn from and who you would like to learn it uh, with. Yes. Because media buying university, we will be doing some courses that are staff courses, like the one that is currently up there where we have several different Mediavine people teaching. Then we'll have some that are with just one person teaching, like with Eric's course coming up. And then we'll, we love using our external publishers because we know for a fact that our publishers are experts in so many different areas. And that's, we would much rather, we know that we're not the experts in everything. So we would much rather, uh, uh, share the expertise of our incredible publishers and and have everybody grow together. So let us know if you have an idea for a course or a instructor that we definitely should talk to. We would absolutely appreciate that the most. And if you are interested in creating an account and joining the Mediavine University community, we are gonna share uh, how to get uh, the link to do that. And then also a, um, a resources guide for you to be able to see some links from this episode. In the meantime, happy learning. Heather, thank you so much for joining us today and for talking to me. Thanks for having me. It was fun. I'm excited about this. On Air is brought to you by Mediavine. If you're creating amazing and original content, we are here to help. From ad management with maximum earnings and 24-7 support to cutting-edge WordPress plugins, our team has your back. Want free tips in your inbox? subscribe to our newsletter at mediavine.com slash subscribe. If you're a Mediavine on air fan, and why wouldn't you be, please give us your five-star rating love and subscribe wherever you're listening.